Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. It is the final day of May, and we are going over football power index rankings, various observations from those ESPN. That metric that was released uh, about a week, week and a half ago, it goes through like almost power rankings with wins and loss predictions. Then it ranks team by strength of schedule, offense, defense. And I've asked the panel, myself, plus Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, and Jason Bowen to go over stuff that stand off the page. Uh, Three of us apiece. Foremost, though, betonline.ag is our sponsor. And that is your number one source for all of your basketball information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including latest player reports for this year's NBA Finals. Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as they have you covered for all of your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right on down to UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information, including betting options and all of your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get this, <clears throat> get in on the action. Sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The football power index was released by ESPN about, ESPN about a week and a half ago, and it's usually a decent barometer of power rankings, and it's better than just some schmo you know, writing the power rankings in on his couch. Uh, it's supposed to be scientific, and it accounts for strength of schedule, offensive supremacy, defensive prowess. So we're going to have a show about that uh, to discuss things that's off the page. Uh, Wes, I'm going to start with you. I got a list of four. I'm going to anxious to see if we double up at all. Actually, I got about five in case one of mine was stolen. So I want one from you out of the gate. ESPN's FPI, something that sm- smacked you in the mouth. Yeah, uh, it was surprising to see where Tampa Bay ranked. Um, they ranked third from the bottom. Um, this is two years removed from their Super Bowl victory. Obviously, they are without Tom Brady, um, who likely accounted for a good portion of that index for them. Um, but you know, they they went from uh Super Bowl contenders to now bottom three. Um they have an aging roster, uh, an expensive roster at that. And, um, you know, they're going to have to rebuild this team uh, to be able to compete again. Um, they had a, a decent draft. They added to the trenches with uh, four of the first five picks. Uh, and that's how winning teams are built, you know, from the, the inside out. Uh, a lot of it'll come down to uh, who's under center for them. Uh, as of right now, it's projected to be Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he could probably get it done with those wide receivers and and offensive skill position players that they have. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but that that one definitely jumped out to me uh, with them being uh, ranked third. Third from last uh, to start the season. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm still convinced they're not that bad. Uh, I guess I still believe that there's a good version of Baker Mayfield, especially because the last memory we have of him is studying the Rams play, play, playbook for 15 minutes 
and guiding them to was a Monday night football victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not saying that he is awesome, but I say there's probably still a universe where he's a top 16 quarterback. And with the rest of the Bucks tools, maybe this is just paranoia because the Vikings play them week one. I don't want people to look past them. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that they don't, to me, I, I don't look at them and just laugh. Uh, but I guess in the event that FPI is correct, they could be involved in the Caleb or may sweepstakes because i still have their organic draft pick mm-hmm. mine my first is similar to yours for a slightly different reason because tom brady isn't involved is the uh, tennessee titans are ranked 28th which is known as fifth worst and you might think about that you know through the grind of free agency in the draft and be like well yeah they're not really exciting well in the last five seasons they are the eighth best team in football for wins and losses and they do it kind of quietly I think this is how the world thinks that the Vikings are like pretty good they're never gonna do anything to get over the top I think this is the perception is that the Vikings equal the Titans but all of a sudden without AJ Brown probably a dumb trade in hindsight should have just paid him Derrick Henry will be 29 I think and Ryan Tannehill is kind of on folks's radar as a surprise cut and then get to the will Levis era but you would think with all of that, that would mean that, all right, well, they're not, they're going to take a step back. Maybe they're the 17th or 18th best team in football. No, they're down in the bottom five seller. Uh, for some reason, I, I, I trust Mike Vrabel more than ESPN FPI, evidently, uh, because a lot of times when you look at their roster, especially when they started to get good in 2018, 2019, you feel this way. You're like, oh, Ryan Tannehill and no good receivers aside from AJ Brown. That's not going to work. And then somehow it usually does. And in, <laughs> In the defense of the FPI, usually it's to the tune of nine and seven. That's why they are afloat in that uh, eighth best record in the league metric in the last five years is because they finished nine and seven, I think, three times. But if it's time, if it's obituary time for the Titans, it's probably now because ESPN is telling us that they're the 28th team, best team in football. Do you think the Titans are dead, Jason? Well, I, I do. I mean, I really do. I mean, we thought that too last year. Right. I mean, and then and then, of course, but then again, we thought that at the exact same time that we were raving about the Jaguars being the real deal. Both of those teams made us eat our shit like twice. Yeah, we, we had a we had a roller coaster with the Jaguars. We thought they were good mm-hmm. at this time. They started off bad. We were like, we were wrong. They got good again. We were like, we were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then the, the, the Titans kind of threw us on a similar trajectory. But with with Derrick Henry getting up there in age and, you know, like to be, you know, be able to tell myself. Well, yeah, but he's different, though, right? I mean, he's Derrick Henry. This guy's never going to get old and hurt and <laughs> worn down. But I was calling that to happen like two years ago. But he, you know, who knows? Um, but I do think so. I really, honestly do. Um, but I don't know if there is. I don't know if they're the fit. I don't. That's going to lead me into my most surprising. I'll just get this yeah. out of the way. There's no reason that the Broncos should be above the Vikings at all. <laughs> at all. John Payton, baby. <laughs> oh, man, alive. And they're, you know, where Denver ranks in this is ninth best team in the AFC. It, I mean, middle of the pack. Uh, no, no. But, you know, my, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, I'd like, I don't have any expectations this year. So maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that- so that, that will lead me into mine. I mean, I'd, I'd take the Titans. Prior years, we could always say because of the coach, we're going to get out coached. We're, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. So uh, I can't wait to, to for Sean Payton to to prove me wrong. I'm convinced that this is what you need is you finally need an offseason where you don't talk yourself like last year. You didn't need to talk yourself into them being uh, a big, sexy thing. But usually 
Uh, at this time, the calendar, you're like, yeah, they'll be pretty good. And then come preseason, you're like, they got to be good, don't they? And then it's the same story <laughs> since 2016. So maybe this year, if you just kind of pretend like you don't give a shit, they end up. Well, and, and this is the only year since the Super Bowl, <laughs> the only year that we have gone into a season with a, an established ownership group mm-hmm. and a seasoned, proven head coach. Yeah. It's the only year that uh, bo- otherwise both of those things have been missing. Yeah. Um, they've, you know, with Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, and Nathaniel Hackett, all of those guys were unproven first-time coaches, um, also hired on by an ownerless team. Yeah. So those are the biggest two things. Um, so we'll see if they make a difference. Wes, what's your number two on a group list of four? Well, I'm going to piggyback on on your number one with mm-hmm. the Titans, but I'm going to take it one step further. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk about the AFC South and how bad, bad they are projected. <laughs> uh, you have Houston coming in at, at the 32nd team. You have Indianapolis as the 29th team and Tennessee <laughs> yes. as the 28th team. Jeez. That is horrendous. <laughs> um then you factor in who they're matched up against. I touched on it last week that I predict two NFC South teams to uh, make it into the playoffs. Uh, the reason being, they play this horrendous AFC South. Uh, they also match up against the AFC North. That's just going to be a breeding ground for wins for the AFC North. I think the AFC North will be, um, what would that be? Eight and oh, four and oh, whatever, whatever and oh, they're, they're not going to suffer a loss against any of these teams. I don't even think um, the Jaguars will be able to uh, to beat any of the AFC North teams. Maybe the Jaguars and Cleveland will result in a win for the Jags, but uh, I don't see the Jaguars being able to surpass any of those other uh, three AFC North teams. Um, those three teams, Houston, Indian, Tennessee, they have questions at quarterback. Uh, they all drafted quarterbacks this year to be, uh, the answer. But as we are well-versed on this show, uh, and no quarterbacks have a uh, first round quarterbacks that is have a, a 40% hit rate mm-hmm. where, where you get a star out of it. I know Will Levis wasn't a first round quarterback, but a lot of, uh, you know, pre-draft propaganda was, you know, tagging him as a first-round talent. Uh, So I will couple him into that as well. So uh, of that, maybe one of those guys is going to go on to have some sort of success at the NFL level. Uh, But it's a a big question mark. And uh, definitely two out of those three are, are going to be starting week one. And you know, that, that could be problematic as well. There's going to be growing pains. Uh, so I, that really stood out to me when I looked at it. I was like, holy hell. You have Houston, <laughs> Indy, and Tennessee in the bottom five. That's bottom good. five. And, and Jacksonville, the, the eighth best team in the AFC. So mm-hmm. according to them, ain't none of them getting into the playoffs. <laughs> and, and this could be the year if it all, because if Jacksonville comes out, you know, God, heaven forbid, has some, bad luck injury wise or you know whatever come out and disappoints and shits the bed this could be the the season that changes it 
as far as a division <laughs> winner being mandated into the postseason. It very well could. I thought for several years the NFC East was going to capture that. But, no, this this could do it. This could. You, know, West- you can't tell me a 5-12 five and, a five and 12 team. I have a geez. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if something like that happened and they got into the playoffs? They, it would have to change. Yeah, I think that that would yeah. be the smoking gun. Wes, on your uh, 40% mention, that's when you 40, like 40% is basically where you don't end up regretting the first round quarterback pick because you're always going to have guys like Goff or Tannehill, yeah. where in retrospect, you look back and you say, were they worth the pick with Goff? I guess the answer's no, but I kind of. Um, so yeah, yeah so the, the notion that Levis, Richardson, and uh, Stroud will all hit in the same division, it's just not going to happen. And <laughs> it's it's draft analyst's job or scout's job to figure out which guy is going to be the good one because probably one out of the three <laughs> will end up being like, ooh, we got a stud. One will be an idiot, and the other one will just kind of nibble at, oh, yeah, he's like Baker Mayfield. Like, we think he's good. We don't know. Um, that's kind or of Or all three of them could shit the bed. And <laughs> also, and that's my phrase tonight for some reason. I'm going to try my best not to say that again. But you, you, the, who's the one that Texans got? Who, who Texans get? Shroud. Mm-hmm. He is now, he could very well be the best of the bunch. But they, he's with a rookie defensive-minded head coach. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that is also recipe for not success. I mean, in my opinion. So, oh man, there's a good chance that none of them could, could succeed because of how impatient everybody seems to be. Thankfully, they're all in the same division and they can kind of grow through it together. That might Mm -hmm. be the saving grace. Yeah. And uh, the weapons that Stroud has compared to the rest of the NFL's depth charts for now isn't 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 very good you're gonna you're gonna have to hope that Demeco ryan's is a real good coach which could very well be true for them to start to nibble at eight and nine nine and eight for this year uh because he just doesn't have an offensive minded whisperer nor a depth chart of weapons that makes you i mean you can look at it this is i i do this myself every office i look at the bad teams and I see their depth chart, you know, like, yeah, I'm like, that's not that bad. Uh, but then when you, then, then it, but it is, uh, when you start to, <laughs> yeah. when you compare it to the other, like the big boys, you're like, all right, yeah, that, that one I looked at three minutes ago, that wasn't very good. I don't know what I was thinking. The only reason <laughs> that would be good is if Mahomes was throwing it to him. Yeah. Uh, my next one is the Packers. They are slated for this FPI to have the eighth worst offense in the league. And I only call this out because, you know, what? When was when was the last time that has ever been a thing going into a season? Probably not in our adult lives. In fact, I can guarantee it isn't in our adult lives because they've had 31 years of quarterback just majesty with Favre and Rogers. So I know this is dragged all the way down to eighth worst because of Jordan Love and the and the big old question mark that we have. But a point of order is when you get rid of your Hall of Fame quarterback, send him to the New York Jets. One of the things you have to do is hope that the next guy is good. Now, for the Packers' sake, they've they've always been lucky that way, so they're going to hope that Love is is that damn good. But for this metric, the Packers will finally go into a season with a big, big ass question mark on offense, and I've never felt that before. I can't even. I, I would have been, let's see, eight years old. When they yeah. decided to go into a season and we weren't sure if the Packers offense would be any good. That's when they were dealing with uh, Don Magic Man Mikowski. <laughs> yeah, before they, <laughs> before they traded uh, for far from the Falcons. Yeah, well, they, and they're, well, they're also, too, to, to what you just mentioned on your list, that there must be a big, big disconnect. Or either that or uh, 
collectively, nationally, there's just a lot of intrigue behind this because the Packers have the most primetime games this year. Oh, really? Do they have six? Six. Yep. Yeah. I, mm. Yep. So yeah, I think I think that's because the be called this quote storied franchise end quote, and then it's probably because of the fascination of how they'll look. I'm, try- I'm trying to talk myself into why that would make sense. It has to be <laughs> uh, like, let's see what life after Rogers looks like, because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Did we know? I mean, yeah, we knew. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was, you know, he was a big, big deal coming out of college. And I mm-hmm. mean, why he fell so far is still beyond me. But did, how much did we see him while Favre was there? I mean, because did, did, there was a lot of hype behind him, but I mean, just like any quarterback coming out of college and unproven, right? Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. did they know then that when they handed the reins to Rodgers, it was going to be so good? No, it was about it was about just like this, to be honest with you. And then even in Rodgers' first year, two thousand eight, he wasn't very good. He was right. decent. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, that would be in two thousand five. And year five is when he really started to get good. And then by year six. He was nibbling at being the best in the business. So, yeah, I mean, Love could come out this year and throw 20 touchdowns and eight picks, and we'll be like, oh, turns out he's not as good as Rodgers, but even that might be too premature uh, because it it took Rodgers. I, I remember when he came on the scene in 2008 and the Vikings played him a couple times. I'm like, oh, well, he ain't that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what I was trying to remember because, I mean, I was – Heavenly intoxicated in those times. <laughs> I, I, uh, All three I, of us were. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I, I I couldn't remember. I mean, I knew it was a big deal. A lot of my buddies were, you know, always talking about how good this guy was going to be. And, but then again, though, they talked the same way about Alex Smith. So, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Rogers in. All right. So he was pretty good. 28 touchdowns, 13 picks in 2018, 93.8 quarterback rating. So in, t- in 2008, that was pretty damn good. So, but the team finished six and 10. I think that's why I remember uh, it. Yeah. I remember thinking like, all right, well, at least he's not as good as Favre. And that was way too early to pronounce that because beyond, in my opinion, he far surpassed Brett Favre as a quarterback. Favre was certainly cooler and lovable um, when Rodgers is neither of those. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Rodgers, I, I always can look back now and times 1000 feared Rodgers more than I did Favre. Favre was always good to do something boneheaded and Rodgers, you just prayed for a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Wes, what's number three on your list? Yeah, we go from uh, Rodgers old team to his new team. Uh, New York Jets, they, uh, the addition of Aaron Rodgers has them uh, as a top six team. They come in at number six. Uh, mind you, they finished 2022 as the 23rd ranked team. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers. You have uh, Will McDonald in the first round. Some O-line pieces that immediately followed Will McDonald. Uh, Miko Hardman, Alan Lazard. Does that equal a uh, you know fifteen spot jump in, no. in your opinion? No, 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 it doesn't. As uh, long as they still have Denzel Mims, then then they're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bill Marvin Bar- Mims' brother, Bill Barnwell, uh, with ESPN, he wrote a off season improvement list uh, that's also on on ESPN. Uh, he has. 
the Jets ranking as the 23rd team, which surprise, that's where they finished in 2022. Uh, that's kind of where I have them. I have them uh, missing the playoffs. I have them as the third best team in the AFC East uh, this year. And to have them top six, I just, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see Aaron Rodgers making that big of a, a difference. Um, he had kind of a down 2022 uh, and he's coming into a new team. Um you know he he will have some offensive familiarity, but at the same time, it, it is a new team. He's got to learn his new teammates. He's got to learn his new offensive line. Uh, he's in division with you know defensive genius Bill Belichick. I, I I just don't see this Jets team being that much more improved to vault them up uh, towards the top of this list. I thought for sure you were going to steal mine once I heard you pivot to the Jets. On top of that all, their defense is ranked number one on this damn list. Um, so <laughs> it's like if if maybe this is why Rodgers wanted to go there is that, you know, he realized their defense was good. So this aside from whether or not they're good or they're bad or what Barnwell said, what I saw of this was imagining the possibility of Rodgers, if this works and he returns to 2021 form and not whatever that was last year, well, he doesn't have any excuses now because according to this FPI, the Jets defense right above the Broncos is number one in the business. So, well, <laughs> the Jets and there's, well, and, I, I'm just trying to make some sense out of this, but their strength is schedules number five too. I, I know that that doesn't really. Let's see. At least that's what I think that means, right? Yeah, SOS yeah, five, so, five most fifth most difficult. Yeah. So <laughs> that I mean, I know that it's going on last year or this year's. You know how we always do. You know, you want to mm-hmm. look at the teams that were recently good in the playoffs, but. I mean, strength of schedule number fifth. I mean, that's that's going to be a tough road for him, especially trying to bring it all together, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm still surprised. One of the ones on my list is that, you know, Cincinnati still just ain't getting any love ahead of uh, Buffalo or Kansas City, which they seem to, you know, handle pretty, I wouldn't say easy, but they can they can get over that hump. I mean, they just they will not get love. <laughs> and they it's not like they've lost it or will lose anybody either. Mm hmm. And it's crazy that the Chiefs are just fifty percent better on offense than any other team. Oh yeah, uh, I think Cody mentioned that while you were off last week. He launched into a diatribe about the FBI, and we were like, "What are you doing? <laughs> we're talking about that next week." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was the thing that he started to talk about. Was yeah, they're almost two times better on offense per this metric than anybody else. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, yeah, by the numbers, it is is wild. Just look, because of Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, when that's, I, that's <laughs> when I look at that, when you sort of buy, I invite all the viewers and listeners to go to just Google ESPN FPI 2023. It's also weird when you when you sort the strength of schedule that all of the teams that have easy schedules are shitty teams. <laughs> it's like, a, well, what, what am I missing here? Uh, I mean, the Saints aren't shitty, but you know, what well, I mean? the, the, the Bengals have a pretty like so they got the 17th uh toughest schedule so but look at the very look at the very bottom saints falcons colts panthers texans titans it's like the the 
if if this is correct and holds weight, it means even the bad teams should pick up some wins, and therefore the bad teams are more like five and twelve or six and eleven than two yeah. and fifteen or three yep. and fourteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we're thinking just by logistics, and if you're going by last year, which I know we can't ever do because everything changes, there's going to be like six new teams in each division that are in the playoffs. But it, Cincinnati, it's not they. I'm trying to understand why they they are where they're at because they're just getting better. I think. I mean, Burrow is getting better by the year. He's still just as composed. And you got your arsenal of receivers in Higgins, um, Chase, and um, and uh, Boyd. Uh, Mixon is still there, right? Yeah, Mixon think, is still there. Sort of. Mm-hmm. So well, so but I mean, I think that they, you know, they'll figure out that running game. But also, then you compare that with a reasonable defense, and then a strength of schedule of eighteen. You would think that that enough would be. Tell me, I just can't. They beat both Buffalo and Kansas City last year. <laughs> they almost beat Kansas City in the playoffs. I'm trying to figure out why they they just don't get no love. Well, the Eagles, too, for that matter. I mean, I think both those teams should be above above Buffalo, but. I think the so what are the overall the Bengals are ranked fourth? You want them to be higher? I think that they should be like second. I think I think that second could go to either the Eagles or or the Bengals. Okay, I see. I think. Yeah, I I mean, I I can't choose between either one of those teams. I think they're both stacked and well-rounded on both sides of the ball. It's it's Buffalo that I have a hard time putting in that second place spot. Last year I would have had no issues. Last year I had him at one, <laughs> but um, you know, as we've discussed on here multiple times, if they, if they don't, how many more times are they going to get? How many more chances are they going to get before everybody's just like, oh, well, they're. they're I mean, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I mean, agree it, with you more. <laughs> and the and the weird part about that, Jason, you know, how many more chances will they get? It's like, well, what do you do differently? Because it's not like they outwardly fail an eye test. It's not like you watch them during the regular season and get frustrated. They don't really go through tremendous struggles. It's just they can't win in the biggest spot of them all. So I guess the only logical thing would be, all right, you got to get a new coach. But this is a damn good coach we're talking about. So it's, yeah. it's, it's weird that you can't look at it on a depth chart or even on tape and fix it. <laughs> yeah, you can't figure it out. And, and then you begin to think, is this a, it, 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 but it can't be a Josh Allen thing, can no, it? It's not. No, that's the problem is that he just keeps going up against uh, certainly one guy who's better than him. And then <laughs> yeah. maybe Burrow who already is. And that's why it, so it's a good problem to have as a bills fan, because with this combination, a great defense and then Allen and then digs in his prime, you're guaranteed to be relevant. So you're going to have a great, uh, great September, November, uh no excuse me september october november december january but late in january you're like oh god are we gonna lose again and i wouldn't know if they lose again and this time afc championship to the chiefs of the Bengals. i would i would point blank like i don't know what you do differently yeah because they lost a home game last year didn't they? oh they got their asses beat yeah maybe that's the problem maybe they should try for (laughs) non-home field advantage (laughs) in the play because they get brisk out there I yeah. mean, it didn't it didn't one of the games actually have to get moved to Detroit or something? Yeah, that's because all the snow. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> that's it was. The so we uh, most of Wes had a little bit. Uh, we grew up in snow and the level of snow they had in Buffalo last December. We wouldn't even understand it. 
No, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it was it was be it was like a triple of what one of our bad snow, snowstorms would be in South Dakota, which is yeah, just, triple of what, one of the ones we had this year. Even. <laughs> yeah. that, that was so much. Yeah. That's that's crazy to even think about. I mean, uh, the other thing uh, before I give it to Wes for his final one, um, and this isn't one of I just noticed it. Look at the strength of schedule. Most of the playoff are among the top eight are what about five playoff teams, which will make for really good football. But the poor Giants who weren't crazy talented last year. And I think Daniela Jones overachieved and really got paid because of the Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, they're going to have a tough road to the postseason, and not because they didn't get better in the offseason. I believe that they did. It's just their schedule is murderer's row. And I think that's the one when I was at your place, uh, Wes, that we laughed at that had the odd, the odd shit on, didn't we? Yeah. It had like, what was it? Uh, nine yeah. road games or like seven road games out of the first nine or something like that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and they were like, oh my goodness. And that's against <laughs> a tough schedule. And then right. when they, when they get over the hump, I'm pretty damn sure they have a tough schedule of teams coming to their place. So, uh, yep. yeah, good luck. All right. Wes, what's your <laughs> final one of the evening? Final one for me is the chargers, uh, perennial underachievers. They're ranked as the number seven team right behind the jets. Um, what have they done? Uh, that's my yeah. question. What have they done? Uh, they backed into the playoffs last year. They gave up a large playoff lead to lose the game to Jacksonville. Um, they made additions on the margins in the off season. In my opinion, uh, I will give them, uh, they did make an upgrade at offensive coordinator, uh, moving mm-hmm. from, uh, from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore, um, I think that will uh, do the team wonders, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the offensive side of the football was the issue. Uh, this this is another like Bills esque team where mm-hmm. they have a, a damn good defensive coach. Uh, their offense, it seems like they can move the ball and score at will. Yet they just can't get it done. Uh, they can't get over the hump. They can't win those clutch games. Uh, yeah, I, I have them uh, as my fourth one on this list because I I don't see it. I don't see why they are ranked as high as they are. About a month and a half ago, I, I noticed this through my weird NFL travels on the Internet. <clears throat> At that time, they had signed one free agent, Eric Kendricks from the Los Angeles Chargers. And he's a middle linebacker who will probably play pretty well. Since then, they added Nick Williams, defensive tackle, who's going to be 34 by the time the season's over. And then that's it. That was their free agency. (laughs) Eric Kendricks and Nick Williams. And then they made the splash for Quentin Johnson, who perhaps will be good and take over when Keenan Allen is ready to depart. But that is it. They, They had some heat to fire Brandon Staley after the collapse. That curiously nobody cared about for uh, <clears throat> Justin Herbert's sake. He didn't take any flack for it. It was all huh, Chargers being Chargers. Uh, there are other quarterbacks in the league that would have taken a lot of heat uh, for for squandering that. Matt Ryan comes to mind. <laughs> but yeah, this is why I did, this is why I had them at seven and ten, missing the postseason because I think they need a kick in the ass to move. I think Brandon Staley at this point is probably a better defensive coordinator. Uh, he yeah. did that wonderfully in Los Angeles. But we shall see. Eric Kendricks, Nick Williams, Quentin Johnson were the big offseason additions to a team that squandered, uh, famously, infamously squandered a playoff lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it was 27-0, wasn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. It, just, it was kind of overshadowed because of what the Vikings did three weeks before. <laughs> yep. It just didn't feel I like I couldn't that. believe that. I, I just still can't believe that that wasn't enough to get this guy axed. And it was perfect <laughs> because, I mean, that's where Sean Payton was supposed to go. It yeah. was all coming together and <laughs> they rehire him. I should thank the, the Chargers, actually. <laughs> Man, I couldn't believe it. they had a prime opportunity to get their guy. And I think Payton really wanted to go there. But, man. Man, yep, one might, thing I w- if it works in Denver, they'll probably rue that decision. Oh yeah, one mm-hmm. thing I will say that I kind of agree with this list on that something that doesn't that kind of shocks me at the same time is uh, where they have the the Ravens. Yeah, I uh, that's kind of where where I see them as well. Uh, most I'm surprised that they're not you know top ten at least, but most years they are. Where were they on the FPI? I have to pull it back up. Uh, they were right ahead of uh, Jacksonville, I think. So the seventh best team okay. in the AFC. Um, so, yeah. All right. My final one involves the Lions. My computer's actually running out of juice. I better hurry up here. Uh, here's the deal. <clears throat> I'm sure the Lions will be improved. I'm not anti-Lions, although my I don't like them. Uh, <clears throat> but they are slated to, they're like, they have the fourth best odds to reach the NFC title game per this FPI. They're about, what is it, about the 10th, 10th, 11th best team in football, fine. But then they also have the sixth worth defense on this very metric, which suggests to me, the same defensive coordinators last year, the defense wasn't very good. And it's like, all right, well, they must be an offensive juggernaut. And then you look over at QB1 as Jared Goff. <clears throat> so how, how are we rectifying having allegedly the lead, sixth worth defense Offense must be gangbusters to make up for that. You've got Jared Goff, who's good, not great. How is it that everybody is just anointing this team as the NFC North division winner? I I, I haven't found one person besides myself and my pals that write at Vikings territory who are like, yeah, you might want to pump the brakes on it. We got to see them do this before we crown them because mm-hmm. Vegas odds. Anytime I le- pull up <laughs> NFC North prediction, it's like, uh, it's like, Oh, let's see. Oh, here we go. And then you see it right at the top. The, the lions have made improvements this off season. It's like, yeah, did you copy and paste this from somebody else? It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing every time. And like I said, bless their heart. They haven't won a postseason game in 30 years. They're due and they might do it this year, but I don't understand how a golf led offense married to the sixth worth of defense is this recipe for success? I know yeah. that they I know that they had a lot of draft picks. And Wes said last week, if you just jumble up the order, the draft made sense. And mm-hmm. then they got better on the back half of the defense with uh Cameron Sutton and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they'll be good. I just don't quite understand how it's a foregone science and conclusion that they're the team to beat in the NFC North. I'm kind of show speaking to the N- NFC North. I am kind of shocked at where they have the bears. I figured the bears mm-hmm. might be a little bit higher on this list um, because of everything that they just did. Um, and uh, you know, fields. I mean, I I'm probably more excited about fields than most apparently, but uh, he shoot, he showed me enough. I'd be excited, you know, to have him as my QB one. They're getting the treatment that I think the lions should get in the sense all right, everything looks great that you've done. Now go out and have a good start to the season like the Lions didn't last year. But for yeah. some reason, we've already we've skipped past that. We know the Lions are going to be good. So they're, 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 the discrepancy between the NFC North betting odds between the Lions and Vikings is very weird. You're like, oh, wow, that's a front runner. So. All right, I gentlemen. Wonder, my, they got the top five team. offense last year. Right? Yeah, that's probably With why. the points scored, yeah, Goff, Goff really did have a reclamation. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.